the free for all roundtable round one on round one today, Amanda Galbraith, communications specialist, is with us. Dave Trafford, host and producer of On the Ledge, the Ontario politics podcast. Toronto lawyer Courtney Betty from Betty's Law. And Jerry Agar is live in studio. You can listen to Jerry Agar from 9 to noon. Uh, John Tory, once again, I'm looking at live images of John Tory in his office, shot through the window, looking kind of lonely. And it's a, a sad day if you know John Tory as a friend, and a sad day for many in Toronto who still believe he's a good mayor and should have stayed on. Uh, Dave Trafford, any parting thoughts? Yeah, I think a couple of things. Uh, first, uh, let's just, you know, I, I think the John Tory era in the rearview mirror, the things about around the what next to me are what's important. And I think one of the things that's come up over the last little while is the number of councillors that, you know, are tentatively looking at running. Um, you know what? I think if they want to run, they should have to step out of their job. They should have to resign as councillors because I'm not sure that given everything else that's going on, that they should be allowed to be, you know, standing up in front of microphones saying, I am the, the right. councillor for whatever. That'd be ward. like five councillors. Counselors would have to go. That's right. That's right. Yay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. Right? No, seriously. I mean, you'd have to do it if you're an MP or MPP. I don't understand why, you know, the, the city councillors shouldn't have to just step out of their job and put some skin in the game uh, and to, if they're going to run. Jerry Agar, I, we've all mentioned this numerous times. I mean, John Tory used to host the afternoon show. All uh -huh. of us know him. All of us communicate with him on a regular basis. So, for me, it's a very personal affair today. It's uh, not so much about, you know, the civic politics. Sure, uh, but I can go with uh, the conversation I had yesterday with Scott Reed, where he said that anybody whispering in Tory's ear that he should stay is not Tory's friend. Mm -hmm. But all the people saying that had their own agenda, and I consider myself to be Tory's friend, and I am I said all along, he's got to go. Um, especially when he said he was going to go. I well, mean, that's you, you more, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so show some character there while uh, you're leaving. Did you notice that somebody threw eggs at his office window. Um, well, as of 5 o'clock this afternoon, uh, that won't do you any good. And he's leaving anyway, so I don't get what the point of that is. But I, I like what Dave just said about if you're going to run, then step aside. And in fact, one of the possible candidates, Brad Bradford, joins me on Party for Two at 10.05, and I'm going to ask him like straight up at the beginning, are you going to run? And then I'll run that idea by him. Do you think if you're going to run, you should have to step aside? Oh, he's out of the starters blocks already. I, well, <laughs> several of them are. Yeah. Um, Courtney, Betty, your thoughts on this last day. Five o'clock, we get a new mayor who, Dave Agar tells me, according to uh, policy, still continues to be the deputy mayor, even if she gets the mayor's powers. But anyway, Courtney. Well, I, I do think, first of all, I agree. The individuals that want to run, they weren't brave enough. And that's one of the problems I have, honestly. You know, we have a lot of people now coming out. They want to participate. They didn't want to run in the first place. So absolutely, they should resign their positions if they want to move forward as mayor. You know, I consider John a friend, and I, I'm very proud of the decision that he made, whether I agree with it or not. He's a politician. He took the right stand for himself personally. The problem that I have, though, John, is this. The Ethics Commission is going to look at this. There are no policies or anything that John Tory has breached. It's a personal family decision. So whether or not um, he should have continued, it doesn't really matter now. But I do think that Toronto needed John Tory in this moment. I think the challenges that we're going to be facing over the next two years, you know, whoever's going to step out of the block right now, it'll be interesting. But they're not going to be John Tory. Let's face it.
Well, the next mayor is going to be a weak mayor. They're not going to have that strong mayor uh, capabilities that John had for a bunch of reasons. Yeah, just because, you know, I think that uh, the longer we wait, and I think yes. you were making this point, John, with, with Deb, in terms of getting somebody in that chair, you know what? We probably don't get a mayor back in the city until, given the r- way things are going, until maybe into the summer. That's a long time in a four-year term um, to actually not have a, a, a sort of a chief executive running the show. And Amanda Galbraith, I think for sake of disclosure, I know that uh, Navigator apparently has been working with the mayor through this crisis, but that doesn't uh, mean that you can't have some thoughts on this day about somebody you used to work with. Yeah, and I would say it was not less Navigator, more just me personally um, on my maternity leave, <laughs> helping him out because he's a friend and I, like many of you, I care about him. Um, yeah, I think, listen, I'm. it's a sad day for me too as well, and I'm sure it's a, bit, it's a sad day for the mayor. Um, I think... You know, to the point he made a decision for the best of his family. Um, I think that hopefully when the dust settles in the coming months, um, you know, his term and eight years in office, two years of which I worked with him in that office very proudly, by the way. Um, you know, we can look back at some of the legacy things he does. Like, for example, I was thinking about the city building fund, um, something that uh, they pass in the recent budget that's the city can't really fund infrastructure projects very easily and the idea that we will have a dedicated fund that can build things like the gardener and that kind of stuff we don't have to go hat in hand in 10 20 years uh, will be significant so there's lots of changes that he made i think will come out in the wash in the long run um and certainly the race is heating up i'm hearing from people already about leadership campaigns and so we'll uh we'll see how it and goes who are, but my and who are those today. people amanda uh, I've certainly heard um, lots of rumblings about Brad Bradford, yeah. um, lots of rumblings about Anna Bylaw, who yes. was... No, uh, I hear she's former, already putting a team together. Yeah, and she, I mean, she, I think she will be a very, candidly, very interesting candidate. Um, and, uh, you know, we haven't had a female mayor. I'd love to see kind of her leadership stuff. Um, and then uh, I haven't heard anything serious from anyone else thus far other than sort of the rumors. So we'll see yeah. what she up. Just following up on that, Amanda, we talk about legacy. John Tory's legacy is not just mayor. John Tory was part of civic action and organization for 20 years, making differences and challenges within our city, looking at transportation. He dedic- he's dedicated a lot of his life to making Toronto great. And I think we've got to see that this is who John is, not just when he got into office and became elected as mayor. And that's one of the problems. We don't have a lot of individuals who have that proven track record. Jim Diodati is the mayor of Niagara Falls. He's going to join us at 8.05 this morning to talk about an aspect in the migrant crisis that people hadn't even probably considered. But apparently migrants crossing the border into Canada are then shunted off to various municipalities, including Niagara Falls. And Jim Diodati says enough already. Our hotels are are full here. Jerry Yeager. Well, it's outrageous to me that uh, the Prime Minister doesn't seem to care about the border and is spending tax dollars uh, not only accommodating people who shouldn't be in this country, they're already in uh, a safe country, that's the legal agreement, and interfering with the um, upcoming tourist season. I mean, tourists can't get a hotel if you're filling it up with people who have come into this country illegally. Andrew Coyne has this long article explaining why, oh, well, the government has to do this and has to do that under the agreement. The government could, at the very least, not just put up a great big flag saying, hey, come in illegally and we'll pay all your bills. Courtney, Betty, I know you work on not necessarily refugee law, but immigration law. Something that I find perplexing is it's one thing for, you know, say, a gay person from Iran to land in Canada and say, help me, I'm a refugee. It's quite another for these people to cross from the United States into Canada. I don't even know if there's a procedure for them. Why can't we just send them to the U.S.? 
Well, the, it's a problem. I mean, now you're going to have a situation where you're going to have a lot of different states are going to start flying individuals to Niagara Falls or sending buses. And so it is a crisis that we've got to come up with a solution. Jerry's right. They are in the U.S. Um, they have the protection of the U.S. Um, but it, it's, it's a very difficult decision. I, I, I just don't know how we deal with it at this point in time, because now that the word is out, we're going to see more and more people starting to flow into Canada. Okay, listen, it's a full meal on round one today, so I want to sample from a few other dishes, including Bob and Doug McKenzie. Uh, the two actors who created that those characters are appearing in ads for the Canadian beer lobby. Uh, Dave Trafford, I think it's probably pretty good branding. I'm not sure about why one of the actors is on the phone, but I guess we could overlook that. The uh, the message this morning, though, and I think was dead on in terms of now we're aware that there's a six and a half percent tax on beer that nobody really paid any, any attention to. Uh, so, you know, good on them. It was really effective marketing. It's a great messaging. And it, you know, here, look at the earned media is probably worth a hell of a lot more than the media buy. So that's all good for the, the, the lobby. The, on the other side of this, I think, you know, if, if you're going to have to face taxes, I'd rather have a consumer tax a consumption tax rather than something like property tax where there's no you know it's an, an implied value that you're paying you know a tax based on the value of your house and it's for me it's not worth anything more than it was you know 25 years ago when i first moved in because i haven't sold it so i you know I, i'm better with that kind of tax um you know and at the end of the day the beer drinkers are going to pay and they're just going to put up with it and i think the, the government's going to be able to ride this out and amanda galbraith uh, being an expert in market I think Dave Dave Trafford's absolutely right that not only have they bought radio time, that's great, but we're playing that commercial for free just because people are talking about it. Yeah, sales wants to talk to you. Yeah. <laughs> they always do. Yeah. I mean, it's an old trick, right? Political campaigns do this all the time. They release an ad. They maybe buy like a very small buy, but they'll get earned media bump because people will play it over and over again. Uh, but the one thing I would say, I didn't know that the beer tax was going up, so I think it totally worked. The earned is absolutely worth it. Um, but what jumped out to me... I think, as you mentioned, there's like the, the audio quality is terrible. Like, I don't understand yeah. if you're going to do this, do it properly. Um, so that was my only kind of quibble, quibble with it is that I think the quality of it isn't the best, but the idea is fantastic and it made me smile. I think it's the first time we can honestly say that one of the actors is phoning it in. <laughs> we already pay incredibly high prices for beer that has nothing to do with the cost of production and distribution of beer. It's just tax upon tax upon tax, and it's enough already. Courtney Betty, I know you were passionate about one of the topics this morning, and that is a push by an MPP here in Ontario for more representative boards of directors, because currently women are underrepresented, Indigenous people are barely on any boards, uh, visible minorities uh, are underrepresented as well especially in a city that is 50% uh, ethnic. It's, uh, you know, and I appreciate boards are composed from the whole country. Uh, But what are your thoughts? Well, John, it's interesting because, you know, 20 years ago, John Tory was on this. It's civic civic action. That was one of his big things that many of the corporations and boards should start start, uh, demonstrating diversity. But we know that we are a diverse country. If we really want change, and this is the key part of it, John, that I find just frustrating is that we're not understanding that this is a business case. This is not a handout. This is an opportunity for corporations to bring in diversity within the organization, diversity of thought that right across the board, we've been demonstrated to actually increase corporate profits. So let's stop thinking of it as social action. If we need legislation to make it happen, let's do it. No, let's not. 
Oh my God, Courtney. Um, if you want to uh, uh, keep giving the business case and encourage corporations who, by the way, for the most part, uh, probably agree with you that they need diversity on their board, then let's keep doing that. But the last thing we need is more government apparatchiks who couldn't run a, lo- a popsicle stand telling businesses how to operate and threatening them with some sort of legal action if they don't do what they're told. Amanda Galbraith? I don't love, listen, I think there's a tremendous business case for this, and I've seen it. I really don't love when governments mandate quotas. I just, I, it, like, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think business should self-impose, and I think, frankly, if they don't do those sorts of things, they're going to find themselves out of business because you're not reflective of what Canada looks like. Um, but I haven't read the report. But I will say I'm, I lean more on the Jerry side. Thank you all. Wonderful discussion. Good to have you all on this Friday morning. Dave Trafford, Courtney Betty, Jerry Yeager, and Amanda Galbraith. Catch the roundtable, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.